Nisha D, and I'm your host, Nisha D. Um, we have two more um, guests waiting to come in, but uh, I have welcome, welcome, welcome. I have one more guest coming in. Uh, welcome to the real life of Nisha D. Um, Phoenix should be popping up shortly. Um, Latoya, could you please tell everyone about yourself? Hi, I'm Latoya. Um, I was invited by Kanisha to join this podcast for a topic that's very near and dear to my heart. Um, I am a seventh grade English teacher. I am an empty nester. My children are grown. Um, there's not a whole lot of complexity to me, but um, that's just the gist of, uh, of my life at this moment, other than being a, a dog mom. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, I have my beautiful sister Carlicia on. Can you please? She's a familiar as well as my beautiful sister Farah. Um, Carlicia, could you tell us about yourself, please? Yes. Hi, listening audience. It's a slow morning for me, but we're good. <laughs> I am Carlicia Jones. Um, you guys may remember me from previous past, but I am a logistics supervisor and a realtor, and I teach dance on the side, a mom of two, and I have a fur baby, Toby. Um, hopefully he won't interrupt today, um, but I, I look forward to the conversation on today because it is very near and dear to my heart as well. Um, I have some personal experiences to share and maybe hopefully help someone deal with um, the same issues that they may have dealt with um, that are alike or similar to mine. And I have my beautiful sister, Farrah Phoenix, but I love to call her Phoenix. So Phoenix, can you tell everyone about yourself, my beautiful sister? Oh, sure. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm Farrah. I am from New York. I am a mom to a 12 going on 50 year old uh, <laughs> young man. <laughs> I am a vegan chef and I am Celebrity. <laughs> celebrity vegan chef and I am currently um trying to proof my uh yeast which sounds weird but hey it's Sunday let's make it work we're trying we're trying to make some nice vegan bread so yeah I'm I am actually just happy to be here I'm happy to hear some beautiful voices and I just you know I'm I'm really just here for the ride um this is near and dear to all of our hearts. The reason why I have Latoya, Farah, and Carlicia on is because we're talking about colorism in the Black community. And the reason why I chose my three beautiful sisters is because we're all different shades and we all experienced colorism within our own community. Um, Latoya, since this is your first time on could you please um, let everyone know because we're different melanated colors. Um, Latoya and Farah, they are of the lighter hue. Carlisi and I are of the darker hue. So we wanted to give you all the experiences from both sides so it wouldn't be biased because um, no one never talks about colorism in our community. They only talk about it in um, white people disliking black people but we face colorism in our community every single day it doesn't matter how smart we are how intelligent we are how many degrees we have 
we're still either too dark or too light to be black. Toy, you may talk. Okay, so actually I'm biracial, but I do consider myself black. You know, I my grandmother raised me and uh, she taught me a lot about my identity. Um, of course, she's very old. She was very old school. Um, and she lived by that rule. Hey, if you got a drop of black blood in you, you are black. And so she raised me to be a black woman. Um, it didn't matter how I look. I mean, if anybody's ever seen me, I really look Hispanic, to be honest. And uh, I'm kind yes. of racially ambiguous. Um, so until you really get to know me um, and really have a conversation with me, then you kind of start to connect the dots and say, hey, you know what? Yeah, she's a sister. <laughs> but uh, yes, uh, but yes, I was raised in, in uh, my black family. Uh, my father, he is, uh, he was white Irish. Um, and, uh, although I did have a relationship with my father, I did not have a relationship with the white side of my family. So I honestly don't know what it's like to identify, um, as a white person (laughs) because I just don't, I, I just don't. And then, uh, regardless of what other people see, when I look in the mirror, I see a black woman, um, and you're absolutely gorgeous. Thank uh, you. Yes. <laughs> Jeez. She's very beautiful. She's very, I, I met, the strangest thing is that, I, okay, you know Carlisi is my sister, but I met Farrah and Latoya through Facebook. I've known Farrah for years, and I've known Toya for about a year and a half. And she was always interacting with me and I was always interacting with her. So finally, we started hanging out and she has a beautiful soul, a beautiful spirit. She's been around my younger sister and I and my both of my younger sisters. She's been around my brothers and my sisters. <laughs> so, yes, great. yes, ma'am. And sure. I, I thought the same thing about you, Anisha. I just thought you were just a, a wonderful person. I really enjoy your bluntness we have a very similar um personality <laughs> and so i was really drawn down it's like oh, I, I love the way nisha uh you know the post that you make like half the time i'm like yeah yeah that's man she's right and the other ta- time I'm, I'm cracking up laughing and so i really i really enjoy uh your post and then when you um you know, would start inviting me to listen to your podcast. I'm like, oh, this is some good stuff. So when you uh, gave me the opportunity to come on here, I didn't even hesitate. Thank you. Carlicia, um, I always told Carlicia ever since she was a little girl, how beautiful she was, how beautiful her skin tone was, how pretty her eyes was, because I wanted her, being her older sister, I wanted her to know how beautiful black is it doesn't matter what color black is whether it's light dark or brown I wanted her to know that her black was beautiful and I always reminded her reminded her of her beauty but you know sometimes when we face different scenarios in life our self-esteem gets shot because of the people who we say we love or the people who we think we love don't love us the way they should because of our skin tone. Does mm. that make any sense? Yes. Yep. Yes, absolutely. Alicia, tell a little bit about your story. 
Yeah, so I am a very dark-skinned woman. Um, and growing up, that was not always the popular um, thing. Now everybody want to be dark, okay? I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but and back in the day, it wasn't very popular. Um, like just even starting as a little kid, you know, I would get teased um, for being so dark. Like I've he- I've heard every dark joke um that you could probably think of um very hurtful things from friends from people who wanted to be friends but didn't know how to be my friend um you know jokes even sometimes from family members and so growing up I definitely had um self-esteem issues because of it and felt like that I couldn't do or be or accomplish because I wasn't of the lighter hue and that carried on you know even though I seem like the most confident person I mean I'm more confident now in my older age but then it was a struggle to the point where it I I literally went through depression a few times because of it and then just growing up in life um I'm also a dancer I've danced professionally for two years I've danced all my life I was a black fox at Prairie View A&M I was the president of the classic dance ensemble um, dance uh, company there I'm sorry and I was a principal dancer and then after college I danced two years with Urban Souls uh, with my mentor Harrison Guy and um, you know throughout the years and I would be so afraid to audition for dances you know you know high school I was a cheerleader I was afraid I was terrified to audition because they would always tell me oh you're not gonna make it because you're too dark you know you know and and even at Purview, um, I made the dance line. And listen, this was a struggle for me to do this, but I had set in my mind that I was going to stop allowing the outside noise, kill the inner beauty that I know that I have and the talent that I know that I have. And I'm like, okay, but I can outdance, you know, some of these people. What are you saying? So I stepped outside of the box and um, I was told when I first got to preview that I would never make the dance line because it was very obvious that um, all of the ladies and they are some beautiful ladies. I've gotten a chance to meet them and dance with them and, and love them. And they're my sisters now. But a lot of them were of the lighter hue and so it wasn't until I broke the mold um it had been for years that they didn't have like a a dark-skinned woman online so I was like you know what I'm just gonna try I have nothing to lose everything to gain I know I can dance um I went and met with some friends on campus every day after dance rehearsal to practice you know my march and my prance and I was like I want to come out there and I just want to kill it so they cannot deny me and that's exactly what I did. And I actually was nominated the best audition dance. And I had to do it in front of everyone that tried out. And when I marched, it, it was a surreal ex- experience. When I came out, they didn't know I made line until I came out. Um, first day of school, you know, the hype, pep rally, everybody's on campus. And they literally... Like I have tears in my eyes. They gave me a standing ovation because I marched in there as the only dark-skinned girl on the line. And look, other women on campus will come up to me. It's like, you inspired me because I didn't think we could ever make it. Like it's been years since there've been a dark-skinned woman on the line. 
And that just makes me feel good about myself. And that gave me the confidence to go after everything. I don't care what you say. You know, I tried out for Texas Cheerleader. I was um, a finalist there twice. And, you know, it's it's very political in those arenas. That's all I'm going to say. And so, you know, throughout my life, I've just accomplished a lot of things. And I don't let it stop me. But then... Just hearing that and comments like, oh, you're beautiful for a dark-skinned woman mm-hmm. or, you know, um, those type of comments. People think they're complimenting you, but sometimes it's also a little dig in the midst of that compliment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a backhand compliment. Very much yeah. so. I agree. Vera, what about yourself? Mm. I know oh, you yeah. have a lot being yeah. from New York, the melting mm-hmm. pot. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's funny. Um, in 1987, the Rockettes had their first black rocket. Right. Um, and we're talking about a state and a, 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 not a state. Really, New York City is literally its own state. It's not really a part of New York State. It's different. It really is built different. And um, for a long time, you know, you saw everyone come together. It's Asians, Jews, it's it's the Italians, it's the Blacks, it's the Whites. We're all pretty much in a Mexicans, Hispanic. You know, you had the Dominicans, you had the Puerto Ricans, you had, you know, you had the Bayesians, Jamaicans, and we were all different. Mm-hmm. Um, however, uh, you know, my my father was half uh, black and half white. His family is from London and um, uh, Scotland. So uh, he came, when he came to Jamaica with his father and his mother, his mother was very dark and his father was Hitler. And when I say that, he had the same uh, mustache, hair and everything basically they would call him that because that haircut and that mustache was something that was of the time Uh right I think we associate when we see someone like that we automatically think Hitler no it was really like a hairstyle it was really what these men groomed themselves and how they look Um, as a child growing up in Jamaica Um, I was actually born in the United States and I was shipped to uh, Jamaica because my mom wasn't an American citizen and she really couldn't provide for me. So she shipped me to Jamaica Um, and seeing my family at the time, meeting them for the first time, um, I was a fish out of water. I had an American accent and um, my family, uh, we had... uh, darker skin in my family we had medium we had light and I remember um, one of my sisters uh, being angry at me and she was a couple shades darker than me and she said black is beautiful and red is corruption oh and she was talking about my skin and get that from my own family right I didn't have to seek outside to get the fuckery pardon my French no Um, speak your truth (laughs) right I didn't have to go outside to feel alienated I already felt it in my home in my home even to this day um uh, even if I put up like prayer hands in 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 family chat 
and they go, Farrah, why is your 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 prayer hands dark? I yeah. said, because I'm black. <laughs> and right. they That's they right. will start having a whole roast session. Yes. Right. My family. I'm mm-hmm. 44 years old, and I'm the youngest. That means that these are people who are much older than me doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, my grandfather uh, was, you know, I was afraid of him growing up because mm-hmm. everyone around me was black I mean brown and you know light and dark and we were a a cesspool of just the different colors of Benetton basically the 50 shades of black basically and um, people used to gather around him because they they made him feel like he was the messiah because he was the white person and um, I kind of always stood back because I was always afraid of him and he said why are you afraid and I said because to me you look evil Mm. and um I didn't realize just how much that will follow me throughout my life as just a black woman um where I had trust issues when it comes to white yes I really and and I was the one who was you know looking up the Marcus Garvey I was the one people already knew that I had a pick in my afro Mm. from the day I was born but my skin color Mm-hmm. Was, wasn't dark enough they were yeah. yeah you're not you're not black enough yes. to be so gun-ho about black and apartheid and and all of this you know you know the the war and everything like that and i said what am i supposed to be you know Huey newton was lighter than me mm. yes he was he set a movement Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, Angela Davis was lighter than me. She started a movement. Um, but being in New York and, you know, being around everyone, I didn't really um, experience that alienation as much as I thought I would and feel so bad about myself because my family already made me feel that way. You know, they already made me feel that way. Uh, But, you know, I had the experiences, you know, I moved, I I moved away to college and I went to Minnesota for college. And I remember the first time being called, you know, the N word (laughs) with gusto, with the, Mm -hmm. with the ER. Yeah. Nigger. And yes. And being spat on. And this was. I, you know, this was literally 1998. This wasn't far away. This wasn't far away. And um, being, you know, told that I am less than by white people and being told that I was less than by my own people because they have been brainwashed to also look within their community and tear down each other, the crabs in a bucket. Yeah. You know, and, um, you know, we start to feel like, okay, so she's lighter than me. So, of course, she's going to get this part, you know. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, I'm going, why? Why is this something that we have to do to each other? Like, if there is everything perfect in the world, we're going to find something imperfect and harp on it. 
Mm-hmm. And we're going to tear ourselves apart. And that's what I'm seeing in our communities. And it's been around since, you know, abolished slavery. It, it, it was going on in slavery. They had the, the, the house Negroes and the field Negroes. And they mm-hmm. had the, the house Negroes were of the lighter hue. And so you had the people who were out in the sun and they're feeling really pissed off at the fact that the latter hues are in the house taking shade. And and they never understood that the lighter hue that were in the house were, were listening to everything that the master was saying mm-hmm. and going back and telling them this is what about this is right. this is this is going on right here and there. I can tell you all about an experience that I had growing up. Um, for a, a long time, I was my grandmother's only dark-skinned grandchild, right? And I remember my grandmother telling me, and I always tell people, hurt comes from generation. Uh, people that are not Black, they inherit land, money, and all this and that, but we inherit generational curses, right? And it's brought on to us from the mother, the father, the sister, the brother. It goes on and on. My grandmother, at 10 years old, she told me, Peach, don't you bring no black ass man home to mm-hmm. me. And I was like, and I'm looking at myself. I said, well, Nanny, I am dark myself. Now, my grandmother, my grandmother was a beautiful woman. She had blue eyes and tan skin, but she was black. But I, I know it's a mixture in that tree because no one in the United States is fully black. No matter how dark you are, we still got some mixed Mm -hmm. up stuff in us and I that stuck with me and I was like well you know nanny I am black and I'm your granddaughter she said yes that's it you're my granddaughter but I noticed that my grandmother would treat her lighter grandkids better than me and I can tell you a time that I remember when I started kindergarten and this stuff it affects you in the long run but you you still give thanks because you you are grateful for the experience because you know not to treat your kids and your grandkids the way you were treated um my grandmother loved me dearly but I had a cousin that was really light with curly hair and everything and my grandmother bought him his first lunch kit gave it to him and my mother being a single mother and she didn't have any money at the time she was like well what about Nisha my grandmother gave me a hill of bread mm. I still remember this to this day and put some lunch meat on there and my mother said you can eat this for breakfast she called my grandfather Joe Davis who was a um, he worked at the waterfront the waterfront is real big and it's the port in Houston and my grandfather was there for so many years my grandfather went bought me a Care Bears lunch kit and I still have this lunch kit to this day because I still remember what my grandmother did to me Mm. my grandfather brought me that lunch kit but as I got older and I was holding a conversation with my older cousin she stated that my grandmother experienced uh, colorism within her own mother because my grandmother grew up in Shiro, Texas. A lot of y'all probably never heard of Shiro, Texas, but it's like a little Indian town. And my great-grandmother name was Betty Davis or Betty Carter. She was of the lighter hue. She had two girls, Myra and Johnny. My grandmother was lighter than my, uh, my aunt, Myra. 
but because my aunt Myra hair was a little straighter my great-grandmother didn't want my grandmother so what she did after she had my grandmother she buried her this is a true story she buried my grandmother but because of God's grace and mercy um my great my great great grandfather somehow went over there and got my grandmother and took my grandmother back so my grandmother was raised on land with her grandfather and father and her aunts and uncles but later on down the line that same mother that threw her away ended up living with my grandmother and my grandmother had to take care of her and it was because of hair texture my grandmother hair was curly my aunt hair was straight even though my grandmother was lighter with blue eyes so it's it's a generational curse that we must stop um, I always say black is beautiful when I see my friends I always tell my friends you are beautiful I don't care what color you are right. you're, you're, you're pretty I always compliment my friends because I want them to know as a black woman I love you I don't care if you're lighter than me all y'all can dance better than me I have no rhythm at all <laughs> <laughs> at all at all but because I know I can't dance and I know my friends can my friends cheer me on I can be all off beat, but they cheer me on. I had one relative tell me that I was a white girl stuck in a black girl's body because I can't dance and I listen to rock music, which was very offensive to me because I feel that if you really know right. your history, you know that mm-hmm. <laughs> black people invented rock and roll. Mm-hmm. So right. To say that, that was, you know, I don't, I don't get why. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get why, because as Ferris stated, you know, it was because of the colorism on the plantation. And then, you know, if we go any farther, we can go farther and say that, you know, you know, black people own their own slaves as well. Mm-hmm. So it has to stop. What were some of your experiences, Toya? I mean, because when you talked to me, Toya was like, hey, can you do a show on colorism? Well, <clears throat> I, I mean, I've received it on both ends, from both the white side and the black side. Um, I grew up in Rockport, Texas, so I was the only black girl at that time that was in my whole school. Um, even though I'm really like, they knew I wasn't 100% white. Like I said, most people thought I was Hispanic, so I had Hispanic people always trying to speak Spanish to me. Of course, Ooh. I didn't know what the Ooh, hell honey. was saying. I understand. I'm like... <laughs> Nah, bro. I, don't know. I don't know what you're saying. Just please stop. Um, but I also had a very strong grandmother who, uh, and I, I mean, I'm going to be honest, like my grandmother and my big mama, which is my great grandmother, uh, they, they were something else, you know, they, they use words like redneck and peckerwood, like part of their everyday vocabulary. And, you know, my grandmother was like, don't let them rednecks and let, don't let them go go to school and let them peckerwoods bother you. If anybody mess with you, you come mm-hmm. tell me, I'm going to take care of it. And of course, they she raised my mom and, you know, my, my, my uncle and my aunts there in that small town. So the, everybody in the town knew the Lewis family. And so... Uh, you know, I can recall this little redhead, freckle-faced girl in the third grade. I, you know, was standing in line, and she would pull my hair. I had long, uh, curly, um, like loose curl, uh, 
light brown like beautiful hair and it was so long but of course it was still different from everybody else because it was mm-hmm. thick and it was big and she would stand behind me every day and she would pull my hair mm-hmm. and uh you know I would say you know stop or whatever and so one day I went home and I said grandma this girl pulls my hair every day she said you know what when you go to school tomorrow you tell that girl she got one more time to pull your hair and then she said tell her if she pull your hair you gonna kick her ass I said grandma you want me to say ass she said and you better say ass I was like my mama told me to tell you my Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and so I did exactly as instructed and she pulled my hair and she got a little red ass to work all up and down that school okay fast forward they sent me to the office and um and mind you I had been telling teachers that this girl was tormenting me Mm -hmm. yada 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 and uh, that, you know, she, she just act like, you know, the teacher or the monitor just act like it wasn't happening all this time. So, of course, they called my grandmother and then she was like, well, who's the teacher you've been telling? I was like, her. And she said, did she not tell you that this girl was messing with her, bullying her, pulling her hair and doing this and that? And she was like, well, yeah. Uh, uh. She said, well, uh, uh, uh. well, Toya's going back to class and I don't want to hear no more about it. She said, if anybody else, if any of these other little white kids put their hands on toys she's gonna whoop their ass and she's gonna go back to class and that's just that and guess what I went back to class and grandma kept it moving and so that's just one of like many situations that's just on the white dealing with white folks Mm -hmm. then you know (laughs) I decide to um come to Houston uh, in eighth grade of course, I'm I'm getting older and I, you know, I identify as black and I'm expressing to my grandparents like I love my grandparents. I love my home. They're very protective. They were great providers for me, but there was something missing. I wanted to be around my own people, not just at home, but at school. I wanted black friends. I mm-hmm. love black culture. I love black music. And I could only get so much of that where I was. Mm-hmm. And so they sent me to live with my mother. And then I go to uh, Cunningham Middle School, which I know feeds into North Shore High School. And so at that time, it was like almost all black. And so I'm in that thing and I'm excited. Like yes, You said, I'm, I have arrived. I have arrived. <laughs> this is where I belong. And I'm happy. And of course, you know, I, I was still quiet and reserved. I was, I was a little bit of a bookworm. And so I had like all the little honors classes and stuff like that. But what I wasn't expecting was to be asked so many questions about my racial uh, identity once I got there. Mm-hmm. I had never in my life been asked, are you mixed? What are you mixed with? Mm-hmm. I didn't even know how to answer that question. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I was like, what you mean? Like, what do you mean? What am I mixed with? Because I like, is your mom white or da da da? And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I'm black. My mom is black, but right. my dad is white. Mm-hmm. And they was like, nope, you're white. I was like, well, what makes you say that? Well, because your dad's white. I was like, uh-uh, nope. That's not how it works, baby. <laughs> That's not how it works. I said, my grandmother said, if you have a black, a, a, a drop of black blood in you, you are you are black. Yeah. And she said, society gonna call you a nigga, so get ready for it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as soon as somebody find out what you are, that's they're gonna treat you accordingly. And so I've always grown up with the identity of a black girl, a black woman. And that's the only thing I identify. Like, you don't, if anybody ever asks, like, what, you know, what race are you? I just say black. I don't mm-hmm. say, 
I'm mixed or I'm biracial. It's not because I'm ashamed of it. It's because that's really what I see. That's what I feel. That's what mm-hmm. I identify with. And um, and I always tell them, you know, my black family is the one that nurtured me. My black family is the one that raised me. My black family is the one that loved me. So therefore, regardless of what you say, mm-hmm. I am black. And you can't tell me no different. But coming here, um, I was treated differently. You know, I would be told by my own people I'm not black enough. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that I'm, I'm, I'm white because my dad is white. And, like, I literally got into arguments with other um, biracial people because their mom was white and their dad was black. And it used to anger me. Like, so instead of, like, the depression and the, um, I guess, um, being reserved and kind of closed in, I was actually the opposite. I was very vocal because I knew who I was and I knew uh, and I was comfortable with who I was, but I wasn't going to allow anyone to tell me that I was not black enough. Mm. Right. And Nisha knows I got a mouth on me. I'm like, F you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The horse you rode in on. This is who I am. If you don't like it, you can kick rocks. And I love it. You know, I I, I, I love it. I love it. And, and, you know, and and, and I will say I'm very much like Nisha in the sense that I like dark men. I like the, I just like black men. That's what I'm drawn to. Mm -hmm. Um, And and everybody was like, you know, even my own mother at once, my mom is darker. Okay. Mm -hmm. She would even question me like, Toy, what kind of guys do you like? Do you like white boys? Because I could see you marrying a white guy. I'm like, "Mm mm-mm. I no, <laughs> I I don't like that, Mama. <laughs> yeah, she, she, you know, and every time somebody come, like, well, what? Why you always want this old black? Kid? I said, Mama, that's what I like. I mm-hmm. think that's, I think they're they sexy, like they're handsome to me. Like that's that's just everything to me, you know. You and I your just soul. yeah, it speaks to my soul. And all of my children are black. Of mm-hmm. course, they all high yellow like me. They, their their father is not, <laughs> mm-hmm. but you know, um, I do have three beautiful kids. They, they, you know, they look just like their mom. But um, I, I, I'm just I, I can't explain it. I just identify in my soul with black people and black culture. And, and the only thing that somewhat hurts me is when someone tries to take my black identity away from mm-hmm. me because that's what I love and that's what I know and I don't want any I, I don't try to change anybody else right. I don't and I don't want anyone trying to change me I just want them to set me and, and be like oh that's Toya yeah she a sister that's who she is like let it go and I've even been called um, Rachel Dolezal <laughs> Rachel <laughs> Dolezal yeah. and I'm like you know the F word came out on that one, <laughs> and um, I'm like, you, you're comparing apples and oranges, and I even dare say, you know, I don't think it's right for her to lie about who she was. But if that's what she identified with, and that's what she's comfortable mm-hmm. with, let that lady be black. I don't give a damn. She could be whoever the hell she want to be, but don't tell me who I am. That's right. Mm-hmm. I, I want to speak on something, and then we'll go to Carlisi and back to Farah. Um, regarding the hair thing um, I had hair all the way down my back um, and I used to get teased in school because black people don't have that type of hair I'm like well 
what type of hair does a black person supposed to have? I mean, you see my skin. I'm dark skin. No, you got to be mixed with some Puerto Rican or some Colombian. No, mm-hmm. my daddy black, my mama black, my grandma is black and Indian. So I'm black. There is nothing more to it. And I used to get teased a lot. And I, I wanted to put a jerry curl on my hair. No, I wanted the jerry curl. Um, I, I wanted my hair to look like my peers' hair. I wanted my hair to be just like them. I wanted short hair. Um, I just wanted to feel like, to feel accepted among my black people. Because here I am, and I'm a nerd. I love to read. So if you look at the history books, our people always had hair. Mm-hmm. We always had hair. And I was embarrassed about having long hair or as people would say, good hair. To yes. me, what is good hair? Yes. What what is good hair? Um why can't hair just be hair? Um, mm-hmm. that colorism still exists to this day with mm-hmm. the hair structure, the hair texture. Um I was being told as a um a woman of a darker hue that um, I'm beautiful but this dark skinned man said he'd rather have lighter women because I'm too dark mm-hmm. and that the, that did something to my self esteem and I have high self esteem but I love dark skinned men and I've always loved dark skinned men and it took me back to when my grandmother told me at 10 years old don't bring no black nappy headed dark skinned man home and I I was like what and when she said that I started looking at little dark skinned boys and I was like oh yeah that's like that's like you telling somebody (laughs) don't touch that fire (laughs) (laughs) oh my god look at his skin oh look at that smile right (laughs) <laughs> thank you Jesus mama told me not to touch it but yeah. boy my grandma oh, said boy. not to you know and I, I always mm-hmm. always tell people about I grew up in a family of educators my aunties were school teachers right and my mm-hmm. auntie Jewel will always tell me Box you are everybody gave me a different name Box you are just a beautiful girl and I love you. And my Aunt BB used to tell me, I love you. You are beautiful. Because I was dark-skinned. And, you know, my cousins and sisters, mm-hmm. and, no, they were lighter. But they, my aunties always made me feel that they I was gave pretty. Reassurance. Yeah, they gave Absolutely. me reassurance. And even though that I was a dark-skinned um, grandchild of my grandmother, she still loved me, but she loved me in her own way. And at the time, I didn't know that she was coming from a place of hurt until I understood what that place of hurt was. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we have to understand that when we're not taught to love properly, mm-hmm. we show love the best way we know how. And though that love can be harsh, it can be terrifying, but that's the only love that was shown to us. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk to Carlicia. Um, Carlicia is a great dancer. Like she can ballerina dance, twerk, but she she know how to do everything. Um, <laughs> she she did audition for the Texans, but because of her skin tone, mm-hmm. and I want her to go into more detail because people need to hear her story about the complexion of her skin tone because she wasn't 
of that um, lighter hue or mm-hmm. that whiter hue that she didn't get it. But the girl can dance. She is classically trained to dance. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that experience. Because we, I, I want them, to, I know you said it before in the show, but because we're talking about colorism and we have women of different hues on, let them know how that made you feel when one of the um, dance directors told you that. Yes, yeah, so I tried out actually twice. Um, and I tried out for the Rockets. Um, and with the Texans, I didn't know that there's like when they look at you, they're looking at everything, how you present yourself, you know, how you dance, you know. So it's a very gruesome and long process. About two days, all day of dancing and and let's say when I started on the first edition it was probably about 1200 women out there and then each round you have to learn a new dance and you get eliminated by that if they call your number you move forward if they don't so I literally went on that field and I gave it everything to where you're first judged by like the um the box seats holders, they come and judge you. And then you're judged by the staff of the Texans. And then each round you get closer and closer because they want to see you closer and closer. Um, you're judged by, you know, you had to show your midriff and it had to look a certain way. And um, I made it to the very last round, which was down to about 50 women. And I danced, I know I outdanced, and I was going up against some women who was just on the Texan squad. And um, one of them was a black woman, but she was a lighter skinned black woman. And she had was on the line the, the day, be, I mean, the year before, but they always tell you, you have to re-audition because someone else can come and knock you out of your place. That's just the world of dance. Mm-hmm. And so I got there and so I didn't make it. And so I like uh, critiques because I want to know what I did wrong. What can I work on? I'm a little bit of a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a good thing and a bad thing sometimes because I could be very hard on myself. But I want to know like what I could do better to try out again. And the director at the time, I think she was fired a few years ago and she was a dark skinned black woman. She told me, well, you dance great. I mean, it was perfect, but we can only pick so many blondes and so many brunettes and so many black women. And um, we we chose the other two. You can only pick two black women. I was like, what? So you mean to tell me I didn't like, I didn't miss a step. My dance was perfect, but my skin color held me back. Wow. And that really crushed me. I I went to the car and I probably sat there an hour and cried like, oh, my God, you know, we still dealing with this no matter how talented or smart or beautiful you are. And you still just because my complexion was dark, I did not make it. That really pissed me off because, you know, I'm power to the people and I, I. I'm like, how can a black woman tell another black mm-hmm. woman mm-hmm. something yeah. like this? Why Uncle Ruckus. Yeah, why can't mm-hmm. you see the beauty? When I, I see women of color dancing, I'm like, wow, 
Lord, why do you get that rhythm like that? How how do the body can, move? But like Kenesha, it goes both ways too. Because I've been in multiple situations where I'm singled out and I'm overlooked for things uh, when the majority of the people involved are darker black women. Yeah, they I am treated like an outcast, even in my own department um, at the school that I work in. Um, I've I've been treated like dirt like to the point where I literally had to file a complaint and say hey if this does not stop I'm going to AFT and I'm going to file a suit Mm -hmm. for you know uh, 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 because I I feel like I can't perform my job because I am being singled out to the point where you know like when I would ask well I thought you were Hispanic well what damn difference does it make even if you Mm -hmm. thought I was Hispanic I'm doing my job I'm good at my job why can't you just treat me right for who I am right why does that even matter but like I said it goes both ways it goes both ways and 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 just like um I've been I've been asked to join aka and then most recently uh Delta Mm -hmm. and it's taking years for me to even be seen because for one especially with like the deltas they didn't even they they didn't want to acknowledge me as black and so Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know it's 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 a a struggle within your own community yeah you're like i shouldn't be fighting in my own community for my identity Mm -mm, mm -mm. and it's hard it's very hurtful i think it's more hurtful coming from other black people than Mm -hmm. it is from white folks of course yeah. it is. Because yeah. I mean, that's your own people. My family, and I mean, when family does it, that's very hurtful. But mm-hmm. when 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 you're engaged in black culture and you love your people, mm-hmm. like that's even more hurtful. And you're just like, damn, like what? I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, I have I have defended my like I said I I have defended my my cousins that are you all color because people will come and say, well. We're going to fight her because she's too light-skinned and she shouldn't be over here. No, you're not putting your hands on my cousin because that's my cousin. She's just as black as me. She's just She might be a little lighter, but you're not going to put your hands on my cousin. They will always pick on my cousins that were lighter because they felt when they're coming over here in Fifth Ward, why are they coming over here? They don't supposed to be over here. I do not play that colorism stuff. That's now, right. I'm, I like my men black, dark chocolate. Don't get me wrong, but I, I, <laughs> I mean, that's, my, that's just a preference. But I have dated. I love light skinned men. I've dated yeah. plenty of light skinned men. All, yeah. I mean, you know, it's whatever feels good to the soul, and I get it. And I hate that our people discriminate against us because either we're too dark or we're too light. Mm-hmm. And I know. Fairy, you have experienced that dark-skinned mm-hmm. women disliking you because of your complexion. And I dislike yeah. that. I don't mm-hmm. like that at all because yeah. none of my friends, I had a friend that I'm no longer friends with. And, you know, Carlicia and Fairy, you know who she is. She's mm-hmm. of a lighter, lighter hue like y'all. Nobody didn't like it. They always wanted to say stuff about her that she's not being black enough. And that was my friend. What you're not going to do is tell my friend she's not black. What mm-hmm. you're not going to do is dislike my friend because her hair is curly. 
what you're not going to do is call her out her name. And I was always defending my friend because that was my friend. I don't like that. I don't, if you look at my friend, people that I'm friends with, you see a hue of beautiful black women. Yeah. They're all colors. We're all colors and we're all black. I don't discriminate against my sisters because I learned something from each of you all. Mm -hmm. You know, you all are facing things that Carlisi and I have never faced. Carlisi and I are facing things that you all have never faced. Correct. So, you know, it, I wanted to have a collaboration of women of melanated skin complexions because melanated is to the highest yellow, to the darkest dark. Mm-hmm. Anyone with common sense will know that. We're all black. Mm-hmm. Everyone on this earth is black. Right. You know, some of us migrated up north. And, you know, when you migrate up north, there's more cold. So your mm-hmm. skin will be lighter than some of us that are sun-kissed stay down in the sun. So we're all black. I don't understand why it's racism, especially among uh, people who have been discriminated against. It's jealousy. It's jealousy, mm-hmm. and it goes both yeah. ways. There mm-hmm. are things, it's like when I saw Carlicia, not to say I'm jealous of Carlicia, but I thought Carlicia was gorgeous. I was like, yeah. mm-hmm. she is so pretty. Look at her. Yeah. Like, I, I was just like, wow, like that is a, that's a pretty black woman. I just yeah. thought you were everything, you know? And there are some women that probably look at me and think the same thing. I don't know, you know? But I think deep down for women who act out in such a negative way, toward someone who is of a, a, a different shade from, from their own, I think it, it, it is a, all a reflection of themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, Absolutely. how do you feel on the inside about you? I'm comfortable with who I am. Mm-hmm. Right. I am completely comfortable. You're not going to see me depressed. You're not going to see, you know, and like I said, we all have struggles, but mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to be down because I'm high yellow. That's, That's right. That's right. Because I was also taught by my black family to love who I am, uh-huh. yeah. you know? And so um, I, I'm not going to let nobody uh, uh, tear me down. And, and in the same respect, I mean, <laughs> you got to understand light-skinned people also got to deal with white folk. Yeah. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. I had to deal with it from my own family. And yeah. I want to, I do want to share this one story um, and then I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to get, I'm going to let y'all have it. But growing up, Again, like I told you, I grew up in Rockport. Um, I had a good relationship with my father, but his side of the family, I really wasn't allowed to be around. And, you know, I didn't understand it at the time, but for what I was told, that they were very racist, okay? Um, I, uh, my mother, she used to work at Whataburger when I was little. And so my aunt, she worked like the night shift there, and then we would go there in the morning and like when they're going through the little shift change or whatever I would sit and I would have breakfast and then my aunt would take me to school while my mom began her shift well there was this man named Mr. Lane this old white guy he used to go there every single morning and have his coffee and read his paper and he noticed me sitting there one day and he just sat with me and he started talking to me and he was like, you are such a pretty little girl. And my mom would serve him coffee, you know, and, and all that good stuff. And, he, and we kind of like over time formed a bond. And he was like, God, your hair is so long and beautiful. My mom used to put these long pigtails. He was like, you look like a little Indian girl. Like, <laughs> you're, you're so cute and this and this and this. And so, I mean, this went on for about a year, maybe a year. 
Well, one day, uh, Mr. Lane stopped coming. And so I would ask my mom, you know, what, 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 what happened, happened to Mr. Lane? What happened to him? What happened to him? And so I'm an adult. You know, I had already had maybe two kids by then. And I'm looking through some old photos my mom has. I'm going through them. I see pictures of my dad, uh, his sister, two girls that I immediately recognized. I went to school with them. Didn't know they were my cousins at the time. Um, and I'm like, Mom, I went to school with these people. It's like, those are your cousins. Like, well, why the hell nobody told me? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. they were in my classes. And I didn't even know those were my cousins. Um, then I'm just, you know, going through and going through. Then I see a picture of Mr. Lane. And I'm like, Mom, this is Mr. Lane. And she just kind of dead-eyed me like she just stopped. I said, Mom, why, how, you have a picture. of It's not a picture of him at the Whataburger. It's a picture of him like somebody took it in his home. And I'm just scratching my head. She said, Toy, what's your dad's last name? I said, Lane. And then I looked at her. I said, uh-uh. She said, that's she said, your grandfather. That is your grandfather. That is your grandfather. I said, so for when I was growing up and I used to c- converse with him at Whataburger, you mean to tell me I was talking to my grandfather, the one that's racist and that want nothing to do with me? I was like, that doesn't even make sense because he used to like buy me presents and mm-hmm. give me money all the time and sit and talk with me. She said, yeah, but that stopped when he found out you were his granddaughter. Uh, Good Sorry. So, <laughs> so what I'm talking in your Jamaican. Everybody, everybody has their struggles, and mm-hmm. like I said, I've I've received the racism and the criticism from the white side. You know, for my own grandfather not to want to, anything to do with me to, because he had a black granddaughter. That's one thing. But then when I said, you know what, you're right. I'm black. Okay, great. I'm just gonna let that be what it is because I can't say I had a bad life. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, I did have a loving family, but moving forward, I love my black people. Why can't I, why can't that same love and energy be reciprocated to me? Why do I have to be, oh, well, you're a light skin. And you know, I've even had guys say, I don't do beige women. I was like, I never said I wanted to do that. First of all, I'm not mayonnaise. What the hell? Rude, just rude. And I get stuff like this all of the time. Mm -hmm. First of all. You are a beautiful woman. I always yeah. tell Toya, I always tell you how beautiful you are, how pretty Thank you. you are. Thank I you. Think, you know, I'm like, Toya, you know you're a bad chick. You're beautiful. <laughs> I always I always tell Farah how beautiful she is. I'm like, y'all are beautiful. I tell Curtis, I tell all my friends because I want them to see what I see when I look at them. I see beautiful, strong black women, highly intelligent, educated, smart go-getters have a good heart and most of all believe in god and love being black mm-hmm. and that's what i see when i see you all farrah <laughs> you started Look. speaking in your jamaican language so i just i just i had to piggyback off of what latoya said about carlicia okay so here's the thing when I see you, okay, um, you're in photos. Um, Kanisha, she posts you all the time. And let me tell you, there is a poise about you. You definitely do have the ballerina pose. And it's absolutely amazing. You're 
absolutely gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank um, you, Sarah. <laughs> and I have to tell you that your soul speaks before your voice even carries. Yes. Um, so I look at you and I can tell you've been through some stuff just based off of your color. Yes. You are trying to tell people I am able and I'm capable of doing so much more, but you decide to put me in this box. Right. Right. You're making me cry. Yes. (laughs) And, you know, uh, we spend a lot of our lives, especially as teenagers and in our early 20s and even in our 30s, we are trying to prove ourselves to others. Yes. As if we are... We are so much more, but you guys just want to make me feel as if whatever you're, it's a programming. It really is a programming. Um, And I remember the study happened in the 50s. Uh, it, It happened in the 50s where they gave the children dolls. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And even the black kids want didn't want to choose the black doll right they wanted to choose the white doll and it's because it has been programmed for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years that they are the greater the more powered beings and we are the dirt we are beneath them and even to this day when we look at people who are white we put them in different tax brackets it doesn't yeah. matter if these little fucks are in trailer parks right we put them in different <laughs> tax brackets because of how we feel yeah. about ourselves this is what we feel that we deserve right mm-hmm. um it's it's a it's a hard it's a hard struggle because it's been a programming happening for a very very long time. Um, whites weren't always the um, the rulers of the earth. There was a shift that happened, mm-hmm. and these people decided to come out their caves. I'm sorry, but it's true. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it, it it's sad and it's and it's 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 horrible, but. It, it makes us look at ourselves as I remember being on the train and people clutching their purse mm-hmm. because they thought that I would steal it and mind you this was the 90s it was a tough time like listen people had to eat and you wasn't trying to pay anybody so people were getting robbed um, however that wasn't me but I was put in this box I was a stereotype um, and it didn't matter whether I was light skin or dark skin, I was black. And because and you are told. black, you mm-hmm. you're you're not worthy because you are I'm black. Not worthy. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I was told once I was working at this prestige law firm, and um, mm-hmm. I'm proud of where I come from because I, I my mother did her best with us. We didn't always have, but we always had more than some of the other people that I grew up with. So I always came. So, you know, we were sitting in in in, in the break room one day and I was talking to my friend Janice who she she works in the legal field and we were talking about Fifth Ward and one of the attorneys came in and she was like, Kanisha, you're from Fifth Ward? 
but you're so white. And I'm like, how? And she said, you don't act black. And I, mm. and I said, what does acting black, black have to do with being from Fifth Ward? So you're telling me um, I'm supposed to be loud. I'm supposed to be uneducated. I'm supposed right. to just listen to hip hop music because I love mm-hmm. country music and I love rock music and I know how to talk professionally. I grew up in a family of educators. I couldn't say finna, ginna, and all mm-hmm. that. I got popped would, in the mouth. She would copy. She would <laughs> tell too. us, you would not do this. This is not how you speak. That is not proper English. Right. So I've experienced racism on every hand. Being mm-hmm. too dark to be to be with the love of my life because I was too dark and he preferred somebody lighter. Um, being told not to bring home any dark-skinned men because I don't need to bring home dark-skinned men. I need to date lighter men. And for so long, and I apologize to my lighter-skinned brothers, I'm sorry that I discriminated against you all because it was programmed in my head not to not to date dark-skinned men. And because I've always thought out the box, I went for what said don't, and I did it. And it wasn't until I was 35 years old that I start embracing light-skinned men. Y'all crazy as fuck, but <laughs> but dark-skinned yeah, men are crazy too. So you know, it's crazy. They're, they're all crazy. They're all, they're all crazy. They all crazy. It don't matter. All of them. They all crazy. And I can attest to that, sis. I've dated dark. I've dated light. I've dated Italian. I even dated white. Just to see, you know. And they all crazy. Listen, all of them have something. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, you know, and I always and I always wanted my friends to know that and I don't call my friends my friends. I call them my family, my sisters. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to know. I always wanted everyone to know what I seen in them. And then, you know, we can continue on. I will start with Farrah. Farrah, mm-hmm. you and I have known each other for what, eight, nine years? Since Michael Jackson's Off the Wall album. (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) I I always admired how beautiful you were, how elegant you were, how you could sit up and meditate to the world and tune Mm -hmm. out everyone. Toya, Mm -hmm. when I see you, I see a star. I see someone that is kind and uplifting that that will give you the shirt off her. Mm -hmm back when I see you I see beauty I see brains I see my alter ego when I see you (laughs) Carlisa you know how I feel about you um you are my baby sister I love you I see power I see strength I see wisdom I see beauty and I wanted you all to know this that when I see you all I see God because that's what we are black Mm -hmm. women are the closest thing to God so why not uplift and honor us? It doesn't matter if we're dark or if we're That's light. Right. We're still black women and we deserve to be loved correctly, protected mm-hmm. correctly, treated correctly. Right. It does not matter. If I I was told once that um, I'm stuck up and I think I'm better than everyone, that is not me. 
Not I'm first at a time or two. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's why you say I'm low key bougie. But... Yeah, <laughs> low key. Low key bougie. Yes. Just, just low key. <laughs> yeah, just, just a chat. Just a chat bit, but I, I treat everyone the way I want to be treated. Right. That's right. And, you know, I, I, I love that as women, we can sit down and we can talk about the hurt that comes with being a black woman mm-hmm. it's just being a black woman whether we're in corporate America mm-hmm. whether we're in the ghettos of America whether right. we're in a relationship or whether we're in family you know mm-hmm. why can't we be treated the way we should be treated well just like we stand up for other things that we feel strongly about as black women we have to start standing up for each other too yeah so if you if you hear or see something that 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 is not of you say something unified Mm -hmm. then it's your responsibility Mm -hmm. to speak up on that well, not wait for someone too. else yes because mm-hmm. uh, you know <sighs> I've done it a million times I mean not just for myself but I've done it for other people yeah you know? mm-hmm. and I and that colorism stuff just don't doesn't fly with me like I you know even some you know like other light-skinned people like if, when they're in the midst of me if they try to make a comment about mm-hmm. somebody that's darker I'm not with that mm-hmm. I'm like hey hey go on with that because right that's not cute and that girl is cute stop hating yeah mm-hmm. that's me <laughs> so yeah uh, you say it like it is yeah, yeah. you got to you gotta must. live it can't be back and forth you know mm-hmm. if, if, if that's what you want and that's the change that you see you have to live that that's day right. in the day mm-hmm. and stand up for what's right and right. even though you might get blocked Mm-hmm. Go to Facebook jail a million times. Yeah, I say, I say yeah. I'm always, I'm always in jail. I'm always, I'm always in jail, and that's the thing because I say some off the cuff stuff, and it makes you like, damn, I, I can't believe she said it, but it needed to be said. I remember, um, I, I, as a person who was in the arts, because I, um, I played a few instruments, uh, yeah. I still do, but um, I remember working in New York and I had to work for Avon, you know, because when you're in the arts, you need to drop whatever you're doing at mm-hmm. that moment to do an audition. Um, you, you had to make sure that you can just pick up odd and even shifts and gigs just so you can fill in so you can have money to pay your rent right so this I picked up this shift and I was a cater waiter so I was a waiter for a catering company and um I had on this tuxedo and I go to Avon and they had like this Christmas party and the the head of Avon was this lady Asian beautiful never smiled she had absolutely no wrinkles I was like holy shit I could assure you she was like at least 70 but you know what I mean but she looked like she was 20 and um I was coming out of a room and I struck up a conversation with another black woman and she said something to me that threw me for a loop she said you speak so well and I said, wait, wait, what, what? <laughs> and I said, what, what, 
what do you mean I speak so well? She said, well, you know, you're from Brooklyn. And she started to do the little, you know, the little wiggle, like, oh, you know, you're from Brooklyn. And, and I said, <laughs> yeah. Why did I see the wiggle in my head? Yeah, because you did. Because you did. <laughs> and I was like, I said, so, I'm sorry, where are you from? She said she was from Wisconsin. And I said, you must have dealt with a lot being from Wisconsin and she was like yeah you know people never really um they kind of overstepped me because of my color and I said so imagine you saying I speak so well and you meant to say for a black woman Mm -hmm. yet you're a black woman who's speaking so very well and she looked at me and she felt a shame in that moment because that is something that she heard her entire life and she formed her lips to say that to another black woman wow wow and i said honey i i don't know what you went through because i'm sure we went through different things but as a as a student um at the university of minnesota uh it was very hard and I understand Wisconsin is right across the way because we used to party in Wisconsin because the clubs closed at 1230 in, in, in Minnesota, which was disrespectful because that's at that point, you're already trying to get drunk. Uh-huh. You haven't finished. <laughs> so now you have to go to Wisconsin to finish up at a bar that closes at 430. So I understand it was nothing but farmland. And a black girl in Wisconsin was just like, I'm so sorry. Prince is from Minnesota. You know, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis are from Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, and and Prince went through a lot, you know, being in Minnesota. You know, he, um, you know, he, he actually shared his struggles being the quote unquote odd kid. And so when she said that to me, I literally just looked at her like, you know, I felt the pain. I felt the pain. But at that moment, my hand was forming a back slapper. <laughs> because she said something to me that irritated me to your the soul. soul. It did. Yeah. Because I've grown up in houses where my family were, you know, integrated and they said, you know, the whites would say stuff I choose not to talk about and they would act a certain way. And it was like they made you feel like you were always a a house nigga or a field slave Uh and even though you had the same blood running through your veins as I did it made you feel like you were superior to me because you had this you were white they weren't even light skin no they were white well I would like to share something about my family Mine is very similar to yours. Well, we have like, of course, we have a lot of mixed people like myself, mm-hmm. but even more so, like even lighter than me. I mean, my bestie cousin, she has dirty blonde hair and, and green eyes. And mm-hmm. um, I have Hispanic cousins. I have Native American cousins. I have, you know, uh, cousins with red hair and red freckles. And mm-hmm. I have uh, brown um really really dark like real dark cousins mm-hmm. and um but somehow we all favor if i don't know how mm-hmm. it works no, or i get why it but mm-hmm. but when you see us you're like 
oh, those are the Lewises. Like, like we all mm-hmm. look alike. And I think also, not just from genetics, but from us being accepting of everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I can say about the black side of my family. Now, the white side, I can't really speak on them because, you know, that uh, my dad's side, we're not talking about them. We talk about mom and them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we talk about them. Um, they're very accepting of all cultures. Um, we don't, and, and, and I don't know. It, it, we just don't care. You mm-hmm. know, we marry outside our race. I, I mean, I'm not going to, but, <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know, they, they, they just embrace everybody. And that's one thing I can actually say that I'm proud of. And I think that's what, that, what was also that saved me as an individual and in my uh, identity um, as far as not being confused about my racial identity mm-hmm. um, was the fact that my family was very supportive. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, like, exactly. oh, we're, we're not going to talk to Toy. We're not going to deal with Toy because she high yellow. So it's like several other ones just like me. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. well, then there's dark ones and there's a whole group of them and then this did it. But we all just have that family connection. Like, we don't care. And mm-hmm. I love that about my family in particular. And we don't tolerate that. So if right. anybody comes into our um, area on that, mm-hmm. you know, well, I don't like them because it, you know, bye. We're not about that. And uh, I think that moving forward, we can't really dwell on, because I will say, the only person I knew that had like a little bit of colorism in them was my big mama. Because mm. like I said, she used black n- nigga all the time. That was her mm-hmm. thing. Like, oh, the black nigga, da 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 We like, mm-hmm. big mama, stop. But she was right. old. She mm-hmm. was old. She and was setting so, her ways. Setting her ways. <laughs> so we can't. When we run into these people that mm-hmm. are a little, that are, well, not say little, but when there are a couple generations ahead of us, they grew up mm-hmm. in a different time. They grew up in a time where they had to acclimate and try to make the best of a situation where mm-hmm. black people all together didn't really have the best options or the best situation at hand. Mm-hmm. So to be that light-skinned person at that time, that's what worked for them. You know, or you yeah. know what I mean? Like they try to disassociate uh as far as color, but this is a new day and age. And you know, we have to begin programming, you know, we're already programmed, let's just put that out there. But we need to yes. program future generations to be more open, just like I feel that my family is progressive. We need to have you know, our children to be more progressive when they think about color and race mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. you know, being more open to who cares if they're light skin or if they're red bone or if they're dark. That's still right. your black brother and sister. Love mm-hmm. them, embrace them. And that's why we as a community, you know, we have <laughs> we have so many setbacks and it's hard for us to grow because of that particular situation. I always mm-hmm. say it starts from within. It starts from within. Change starts from within. Mm -hmm. If you plant a seed within yourself and start manifesting that I am going to change the world, I'm going to change how people view colorism. I'm going to change how blacks among ourselves view colorism. Mm -hmm. It starts within. It takes one seed, one seed, one seed to plant. Mm -hmm. 
And that's why I wanted you all to be on this show. And um, we're going to get ready to close it out. Um, I would love to have you all on again as well. But I wanted you all to tell me in your very own words what being Black means to you. Toya, I'll start with you. Hmm. Being Black to me is... Oh, how can I put this into words? It's Speak pride. Your it's, it's, it's pride. Like, uh, being Black to me is love, is pride. When I see it, I look at my children, and I just think they're beautiful. Um, it's about the connection with your family, with your community, um, your heritage, um, and just embracing that. that That's what being Black is to me. It's just really about accepting who you are and loving yourself and everyone that's like you. Mm. Carlicia? Yes. Being Black for me means it speaks volumes for me. Um it just for me it means strength it means power we are some one some of the most creative human beings on this earth not saying others are not but we are very much creative and are patent after a lot um our stature our aura our vibe everything about us speaks excellence power strength tenacity it speaks everything to me and I'm proud. I'm so proud to be black. I love all, I'm a lover of all and I always say love has no color. However, I am so proud to be black and I stand in it. Even working in corporate America, just, I mean, say what you're gonna say. I wear my big hair, I dress corporate fashion and I see people trying to copy too. And I'm like, mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I express myself through the dress. I dress how I feel. And um, at the moment, it might be different in times. And I still, and I'm still going to listen to my country music because I'm a dancer. I love all genre of music, classical, African. I listen to it all. I embrace it all. But to be Black, for me is is everything I, I think of kingship queenship um power I, i've said power probably like three times because black people are very powerful people we open up and accept it and really embrace who we are like i know i'm different i and i'm a lover of god and i say i thank you for making me different i'm a peculiar people and i know it's for a reason mm-hmm. amen mm-hmm. yeah phoenix mm-hmm. What do you do? Oh, man. Being black is earth. Mm. Being kissed by the sun. Mm. We grow. We are the universe. Mm. We are the ultimate creation. Ever so versatile Mm. and beautiful in every single way. We are the underdogs Mm. every single time. And we overcome every single time we need to know and acknowledge our strengths and know that we are supreme even though we are told that we're not the more we're told that we're not something is the more they want us to believe that we're nothing that's right because they know that we are something so at this point we are the universe Mm. we are ever changing ever growing ever expanding 
Ooh. We have to hold that. Mm-hmm. That part. Hey, man. <laughs> and as for me, you all. Yes, boo. <laughs> <laughs> when, when, when I think of being black, I think of the ocean, how the ocean touches every shore across the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I as for me as being black, I think of my ancestors, the ones who stood before me, the ones who endured sorrow, pain, and loss just for me to stand to say that I am a black woman, a black educated woman coming out of the Greater Fifth Ward, Houston, Texas. Yeah. When I think of being black, I think of of the power and the beauty of it. When I look at the sun, I think of how God has kissed our skin and our skin has touched many, many people because now as we look around, we see women emulating us. Our Mm -hmm. kids, the way we walk, the way we talk, the way we dance, our cornrows. When I think of being black, I think of structure. When I think of being black, I think of Mother Nature because we are the creators of land. We are God. That's what black means to me. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Yeah. I, I, I thank you all so much. This has been such a beautiful, welcoming uh, inspiration to have you all on. Um, I wanted people to see from every diangle of what we've all experienced rather being light or dark or brown or purple or green we all been through some shit mm-hmm. sometimes that shit stinks so mm-hmm. bad and sometimes it hurts our soul and sometimes you in the words of toy you want to get up and you want to punch mm-hmm. someone Mm-hmm. Sometimes, like Farrah say, you want to talk in your Jamaican hotel. You know, you, you got to tell them all. <laughs> <laughs> and as Alicia says, sometimes you want to cry. Yeah. But most of all, we must stand up and be a united front for all of our sisters to let them Absolutely. know that you are loved. You are, in lo- you are loved in every way. No one mm-hmm. told us how to be a black woman. No one told us how to walk like a black woman. That is something that we inherited from our ancestors because no matter what people might say, they speak to us. They speak through us through the sun. They speak through us through... They speak. And when they speak, we adhere to what they speak. So keep being beautifully bold, black, and telling your story and letting the people know I am black, I am proud, this is me. This is what you get. Mm-hmm. I pray that the good Lord keep you all going in, coming out, wherever you go. May your families be blessed. Everything that you have manifested, everything that you have prayed upon, I pray that God bless it ten times fold. I pray that you all keep pointing to each other, keep pointing to family, keep pointing to the community. Because what's a community without people who pour into it? Mm-hmm. It's nothing. Thank you all so much. As always, this is Nisha D. Blessings. Blessings, darling. <laughs>